1: Head on over to Patreon at lorehammerlistenerlore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy! Welcome back to Lorehammer, listen to Lore the 40k podcast, where you get to write the script. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Mark, and joining me today, I feel like I gotta either ask you, because, uh, you know, I, I keep saying your name's Gerald, but is it Gerald or Gerald? I've heard it pronounced a couple different ways now, from a couple different people. <laughs> I don't know who's been calling me Gerald, but... <laughs> Gerald, maybe, it's I've Gerald. also heard? Gerald, yeah. Gerald. Okay, so I've been doing it right, I haven't been doing you dirty. <laughs> That's good. Um, so you've written us some lore, which uh, it's Imperial Knight lore. So I'm super hyped about it. I I think Imperial Knights are the coolest thing in 40k. They're they're my jam for sure.
0: Yeah, you've asked for Knight lore, so I decided to write up some ages ago. I'm yeah, still yeah. finishing the last part of it, but this thing is long enough to, you know, hopefully I'll be done by the time we, you know, these episodes roll out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Very
1: cool. Yeah, and you showed me a couple pics of the knights that you're working on and they are beautiful there. They got a bunch of different colors on them. They got the grit and grime, so uh, you know, go pop your head into Discord and uh, check out pictures of the of his knights.
0: I will happily repost those pictures to save all the scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so take us away. What 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 are we talking about here? All right. So, this is a custom nighthouse that uh I get. I I don't know how I somehow ended up getting an night preceptor with its uh with its pilot and then I figured well you know what it might as well come up come with a couple of armatures so I ended up getting the armatures and mm-hmm. I thought uh you know what <laughs> I might as well make some lore about these guys yeah uh, and, here's, and and here's the and, and here's the funny thing too so uh do you remember when we did a uh when we did the Void Wraiths episode, and they at the very end they mentioned like a free blade. Yeah, yeah. This is the free blade.
1: Okay, cool. Okay. So we got so a this story. is kind of like
0: a kind of like a prequel to the prequel to the Void Wraiths chapter
1: episode. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, this is called the Blades of Stalios. Uh, do you want to maybe just read and then uh, end where you feel like it's natural, and I'll pick up from there? Uh, sure. Am I doing my uh, David Attenborough <laughs> narrator voice again? <laughs> I can only be so turned on in one day. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Cracked knuckles, let's
0: get going. <laughs> the Blades of Stavros. Wind rushed along the dusty red wastes of Loriath carrying the flakes and leaves of orange and yellow foliage on its currents. Through a canyon, the current twisted, turned, and sped around the the jagged rocks lining the walls. At the mouth of the canyon stood a battered, beaten, and besmirched knight preceptor of small renown. The red dust scraped across its silver trimmings and carapace, corroding the white background and blue stripe along its spine. Its shoulder pads halved red and white, bearing the time-ravaged marks of a white wolf and a faded black aquila, respectively. Blue eyes glowed through its rusted visor, shaped as a wolf's maw. In its right arm, a las impulsor hummed idly with slow blue and white pulses. In its left arm, a reaper chainsaw ribbed for the will of the knight's pilot and machine spirit. In due time, his signs of its quarry came into view at the far end of the canyon through dust and fog as a shadowy blob. Just tell me what I want to know, knife ears, and then I'll leave in peace, Geralt pleaded over his Voxcom. Annoyance trailed in his voice. A roar echoed overhead in the blotted skies and circled around the top of the canyon. It was a single Wraith fighter. Through the static and feedback of the returning channel, a pompous, high pitched voice replied You deserve nothing. You deserve no ro- recompense from us, Mon Kai. Your ill-convaded our space, terrorized our Exodite brethren, and desecrated this planet with your filthy footsteps. The shadow blob at the far end of the canyon grew larger and more defined as Geralt's opti- optic senses filtered out the dust and haze of the red wastes. A single wraith knight marched toward him, painted in the garish colors of bone and green, while bearing a strange glyph with a red heart. Damn it, Geralt cursed. all the craft worlds, a piss off. Why this one? He switched his locks channel in haste. Mattis, McKean, tell me you're seeing this. Gun by, gunfire broke through the feedback of the box. We have problems of our own. You try dealing with two wraith lords and a spirit seer. The machine spirit of Geralt's knight grew less restless. Amid the ambient noises of the landscape and the box channel, the mechanical groan bellowed from within the night. Without input, the knight primed its Lazen pulser and broke into a sprint. Geralt strained, strained to control the spirit's will and temper its enthusiasm. No, no, not yet. He reined it in upon seeing the Eldari construct and aim its sun cannon. He released a charged impulsor toward the wraith knight and ducked. The diversion caused the cannon to fire off course and missed the top carapace by centimeters. Scorch marks grazed the armor where the sun cannon missed, causing the machine spirit to yip in pain. Instinctively, the spirit charged another round of the lasin pulsar and aimed at the speed of thought. Wait, Geralt calmed the anxious machine spirit. Once, once, an, <clears throat> once an alert chimed through the cockpit's cogitator, he revved the Reaper chainsword and stuck, struck the ground beneath, whipping up a torrent of obscuring fog before flinging the debris toward his foes. The strong winds in the canyon carried the debris into the eyesight of the construct as the shadow of an object fell overhead. It landed with a resounding crick crumpling at, into the sands below. A second object leaped from the, leapt from the upper clip into a jumbled pile of constructs, smashing wraithbone armor and joint circuitry with a mixture of chainsaw cleaver stabs and the kinetic punch of a the thermal spear. The impact of the fall blew the fog away to reveal an homage of war glaive wearing black pauldrons charged with a white goat relentless in its assault on the fallen wraith lord it garnered the attention of the larger eldari construct who pivoted like a dancer and charged forth no amount of secondary fire from geralt's heavy stubbers distracted the wraith knight from pursuit of its prey in a single swift strike the construct stabbed the wargrave through the back of the leg and at the joint of the ghost glaive inciting a pained cry from McKean over the vox no Maddis screamed over the cries of, amid the cries of her sister atop the cliff appeared a second Armager in the pattern of a Helverin, sporting violet pauldrons and a black falcon. No sooner did it appear as it unleashed a, to- a torrent of autocannon fire at the Wraith Knight. Hundreds of bullets bounced off the armor of the Construct in seconds, but the distractions proved to be enough. Geralt saw an opportunity and urged his machine spirit into action. Filled with a protective fury amplified by the spirit of the knight, he broke into a sprint charging the impulsive to dangerous levels before releasing a powerful blast. A beam of blue energy shot forth, obliterating the ghost glaive and arm of the wraith knight. Now, nah, my sister, you pointy-eared witch, Geralt roared, urging, using the mo- <clears throat> moment to close the distance between himself and the construct, revving the sword as he sprinted. Reeling from the blast of his Laz Impulsor, the wraith knight struggled to aim its sun cannon at Geralt, but his machine spirit sensed the de- desperation and swatted the cannon away. With a mechanical shriek, Geralt plunged the chainsaw through the waist of the construct, severing its legs in a flash of blues, pinks, and whites. In seconds, the knight flopped to the r- red ground beneath, burying itself to the chest amid muck and glassed sand. Before the failing construct mo- could move its remaining arm, a well-placed autocannon shot to the shoulder re- wrecked the machinery inside, forcing the cannon to fall. it. McKean's armiger stood from the wreckage and hobbled to the beached construct, delivering a kick to the head. It's machine spirit chirping in anger. Stop, Geralt ordered. We need it alive. I have questions for it. Mattis, what's the situation with the other Wraith Lord and Spirit Seer? Auspex report. Wraith Lord neutralized, but Spirit Stone intact, and the Spirit Seer is injured but alive. The Wraith Fighter flew off. Keep an eye on them and call in your husband's ship for departure. It won't be long before the fighter comes back and more of them show up. Geralt forced his knight into a kneeling position, much of the chagrined whines and whimpers of its machine spirit. Flicking the controls and dials all into auto mood, he disengaged with a painful tug from the cortex cables. Shuddering from the jolt along his entire nervous system, he lamented he never getting used to the sensation. Out of his knight, he pulled an archaeotech pistol in anticipation and sauntered to the head of the failing wraith knight. The glass of the construct hissed open with jets of acrid blue smoke billowing out. Geralt froze in place, picking up a ping and warning flash from his helmet's bioscanner. The instant the smoke cleared, he took aim and shot his pistol, blasting the fusion gun out of the pilot's hand. You vile worthless unkai, the Eldari pilot screeched, his veneer of arrogance cracking like the go- like the glass of his ghost sword. Geralt huffed. I warned you, knife here. All I wanted was information, and then I would have left. You'll get no satisfaction from me, the Eldari spat. Not even with this, Geralt chided, pulling a glowing rock from the chest of the construct. I understand these are important to your kind. Tell me what I want to know, and I'll give it back and let you live. Otherwise he threw the stone to his feet and ripped his pistol. As he charged and aimed it at the stone, Yaldari held out his ring hand and cried out Wait you dare resort to such lowly measures to condemn a soul to torment just to seek my wisdom? I'll answer your questions, Monkai. What do you want to know? <laughs> I couldn't care less of your afterlife. Geralt dismissed, his, holstering his pistol, grabbing the, grabbing the glowing stone. He held up to the Aldari Pi, still writhing in his cockpit. Now, what can you tell me about the solitaire you call Romara? The Aldari stared at him in disbelief, but relented upon seeing the spirit stone in his hand. He answered Geralt's questions with a location, exhausting the extent of his knowledge. Geralt pondered and then put the location coordinates to his knight and sisters. He traded looks between the spirit stone and the pilot for a moment before stepping closer. Despite the Eldari's duplicitous nature and difficulty to read, Geralt felt the tension. He cracked a half-smile and gently tossed it to the pilot. Once the pilot caught the stone in his remaining hand, Geralt drew his pistol and shot the Eldari in the shin. The pilot writhed in agony and roared. You live insect! Treacherous serpent!" Geralt shrugged and turned away, remarking coldly. I said I'd let you live. He returned to his night amid the shouts and curses of the Eldari pilot. The automotive of his, his night assisted his return to the cockpit and subsequent link to the throne mechanicum. Triffs of excitement emanated from the machine spirit as Geralt called out through the vox for pickup. In seconds, the multi-kilometer-long cruiser flew overhead, dispensing transport vessels with tow cables. Warning tones beeped and rang through the cruiser, alerting all aboard of temporal disturbances from the upper atmosphere of Loria. Craftworld reinforcements were on the way. The instant the vengeful hangar doors shut, with all three nights in tow, the cruiser's engines roared to life, spiriting itself away before the Eldari could seek their retribution. With a sense of uneasy peace, the knights dismounted their mechanical steeds in, in, in full auto mode. "'This is getting dangerous,' McKean hissed as she slapped her older brother across the face. "'We've wandered the galaxy for ten years, searching for the Solitaire, and are no closer than when we started, not to mention getting repairs without the help of the mechanics.' Gerald rubbed his bearded cheek, exclaiming, "'We will make do. I have another location, a region frequented by the Salamanders' chapter, of his angels.' if they are in the area while we search. That is one big if, brother, Mattis interjected, ruffling her hair free of her helm mechanicum. Another voice joined the knights. What's to say we aren't falling into an Eldar trap when we get there? A shop-dressed man clanked down the steps to the loading deck. His gaudy captain's cloak and extensive ocular cybernetics hid his thin frame from view except to Mattis, his wife. Captain Stefan Walrick of the rogue Trader dynasty embraced her with, an, with equal parts concern and relief. He continued his line of questioning to Geralt. McKean is right. My engineers can only do so much for your machine spirits With the Mechanicus, while the mechanicists are hunting you, and each location we come has brought us closer and closer to death by the knife ears. Geralt waved off Stefan's concern, replying, For ten years, you have ferried us across the expanse of mankind imperium, aiding us in our time of need, and even marrying my sister with my blessing. Why falter now, Captain? Why haven't you faltered, brother? McKean interrupted. On our honor as knights of House Celtic, if we learned anything from our trials and rituals on Stalos, we uphold our vows and duties. McKean buried her face a face in her palm out of exasperation and shame at the mention of their homeworld. Brother, Stalos is gone. We're all that's left. And our honor, Geralt mumbled, fighting back tears welling in his eyes. "'Captain, I sent you the coordinates for the next region. "'If you have no further business with your rogue trader dynasty, "'this is our next name. Step sighed as he released himself from Addis's embrace. Forming the side in the Imperial Aquila, he answered, "'By the Emperor's grace, you are my brother too, "'and I will follow you to the depths of the warp if I must, Lord Geralt.'" "'Please, don't call me that.'" Geralt choked back sadness in his tone. "'Without further word from his siblings,' The night returned to happy chimes and beeps of his. <clears throat> the night returned to happy chimes and beeps of his machine spirit, electing to sleep in the cockpit during the warp jump. Geralt studied the recordings of the machine spirit. The machine spirit provided of the decade of battles he and his sisters served with Captain Steffen's aid. Fatigue took him slowly with each passing log and picked feed. Now, in the throes of deep sleep, Geralt dreamt of, the, of his destroyed home planet.
1: Come on, son. High King Jerk called from a young Geralt. Geralt rushed through the servants of the castle to meet up with his father. During his sprint, he bumped into weird figures in red robes and a peculiar plate armor. He timidly apologized and bowed in respect From before resuming his run. Huffing and wheezing, he saw his father standing next to the royal carriage, speaking with another red-robed figure, and skidded to a halt messing up the creases in his vestments and building up sweat in his hat. The red-robed stranger peered into young Geralt's eyes, but Geralt could not see under the hood except glowing eyes of green and yellow. The stranger nodded to High King Jarek and marched off to join its similar-dressed comrades. Who was that? Geralt asked. Jarek knelt and straightened his son's garments, answering, He is Magos Aran. When you and your sisters are old enough to start your night trials, as I did with my brother and sister, he and his priests will preside over you to make sure that thee are ready. Gerald understood what his father meant. In the histories, the ruling house of Celtic held three powerful weapons of which can only be operated by those of not just Celtic blood, but the blood of his siblings. Only acting in concert could three siblings of the Celtic family wield these weapons without fear of death or worse. To prepare the siblings, the reigning high king with the aid of the red rope priests prepared a series of trials tailored to each prospective wielder. Gerald relished the idea of beginning these night trials. We'll talk more of it when your mother and sisters are busy at the markets. Jerich patted his son on the shoulder. But first, let us ride out to the square. I've heard talk of the merchants that a traveling fair has come to entertain our people. The hiking donned a nondescript cloak and placed it over Geralt. They mounted a horse and rode through the twilight pathway from the castle to the feudal town across the forest. By the time Geralt and Geralt arrived at the town square, a large gathering of peasants had surrounded the strange stage. Wiggling their way into the front of the crowd, Gerald and his father watched as lanky figures dressed in garish robes of chequered patterns and white masks burst through the curtains. Regaling the crowd with alluring melodies and eerie dances. Through the music and recitations of poetry, an imposing performer wearing a skull mask in a deadly, rictus grin silenced the performers and applauding crowds. Cueing some somber music, the skull mask narrated narrated a tale of depravity and nobility, of ecstasy and sorrow, and of warning. Gerald watched in fascination of the dancers performing the uh, cadence of the narration. But one feature of the performance mesmerized him the most. In the center of the dancing group, he spied a female entertainer. I just uh, tried to jump lines and then I lost my spot. Uno momento. In the center of the dancing group, he spied a female entertainer gyrating and swaying to to the different beat from others. Her main features were covered by robes and a mask, but Gerald felt he knew this dancer to be the girl of his age, for her only visible feature was long, flowing blonde hair shining like silver in torchlight. Through the performance, he trained his eyes on the girl and shuddered when he stared back, and he shuddered when she stared back at him. The performance ended with a final glance before she returned to the shadows behind the curtain. The crowd of peasants cheered while some sobbed moved by what they had witnessed. "Let's go home, son," Jerk shook Gerald's into focus. "We'll tell your mother and sisters about this fair." They mounted their horse and trotted to the gate square, to the gates of the square. In one last act of wonder, Gerald turned his head towards the stage, spying the masked girl in the distance, stealing one more glance at him. Ooh, love Ken bloom in 40K. <laughs> um, Yeah, holy cool, man. This is awesome. I really like so much of it from just the writing style, but just like all the 40K words thrown in here, like cortex cables and just like, you just make up cool words like that man. I you made up a lot of them.
0: A lot of extensive research in the uh 4 wiki. <laughs> <Since> <laughs> yeah. I don't have a night codex on hand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I love how you have interpreted the the relationship between the knight and the pilot, you know. There's that constant battle of who's actually in control of this machine. You know, it's like wait, spirit like or wait machine like not yet wait like there's this commandingness to it and like he might get overpowered at one point and it creates this cool storytelling mm-hmm. ability where there's chaos in in his own kind of control you know it's not just he can do whatever he wants whenever there's kind of some mm-hmm. division
0: well it's also from my understanding was it, i guess in the night trials uh, especially if like a uh, house with a long much longer history you you're, you're interfacing with not just the machine spirit, but like your ancestors that have also piloted the night. Um so there's that going on. And I also took a lot of inspiration from Collins uh cold cold open stories mm. audio drama of the night pilot trying to try, kind of wrestling with his machine spirit Yeah. While fighting tyrannids. But there's yeah. also a reason the machine spirit of you know my knight and the armagers is acts a little quirky, but we'll We'll go into that another time.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, speaking of like ancestors and stuff, um, you kind of mentioned in this like that there's three weapons of the house and they're passed on. Uh you didn't directly say that these weapons were the knights, but that's what I'm assuming. Yes. And then to go further, are there and so there's only three three knights in your house then, essentially.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. The night the knight preceptor, which I have yet to build, unfortunately, but Whenever that happens, I will gladly post it to this board and the uh, yeah, just the knight and the two armagers. Just one, yeah. One's a halverine the shooty one, and the other one is the stabbing one, the warglaive.
1: Yeah, it's it's cool. Like knight houses, you could have a hundred knights in it or you could have it a more traditional noble kind of house like that where it's a direct lineage and you know, you got your brothers and sisters who pilot the the smaller knights while the firstborn takes the big one. Like, yeah, very cool.
0: And I figured, um, oh, go ahead. No, you go for it. Oh, yeah. And I figured, well, you know, 40K is all about, you know, good power
1: fantasy. So I figured,
0: why don't I just go ahead and do a self-insert fan fiction? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in in case the naming. with that. In case the naming wasn't obvious. enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I like how you describe just suddenly, like, the little differences in the heraldry as each knight shows up. You know, you don't have to describe the whole night, You just kind of and on this pauldron, this small detail, and that's enough. Um, I like that little bit.
0: So um, I don't think I, I have it written out in my parts two and three. This is going to be a three-parter um, as long as this is going, but with my particular night house, um, the main feature of course is like the white carapace with a, bl- of a, uh, blue stripe, but then the pilots are allowed to, uh, change up the heraldry, uh, the, like change up the color of the pauldrons and the, uh, the animal charge or whatever mm-hmm. to kind of give the, add that little personal touch. So, um, so like I have a white husky mix. So for my self insert, uh, yeah, you know, for my self insert, that's why the the knight has, you know, and my favorite color is red. So that's why he has red pauldrons and a white wolf on his okay on his uh knight. And then, <laughs> and then so yeah. on and so forth.
1: You're a loyal companion. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Um I can kind of picture where this story is going, and I like that. Like, you know, you the the part that I wrote is about being back on Stelios and um, you know, the um what the heck the harlequin performance that is happening there and i have a feeling that they're gonna be the reason why the planet was destroyed you know i don't know how but you're just gonna
0: have to find out in part two or three
1: yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, a couple of the parts that kind of really stood out to me uh just going back to the relationship of the knights and the pilot like I like that he sleeps in his night when he when he can, like when they're going through the warp or whatever, that's where he chooses to be. I just picture, you know, back in ancient times, you know, uh, a knight would go to the stables and sleep with his horse or whatever. And there's that bond, there's that communion. uh, And it's like, why would this noble ever be sleeping next to a pile of horse shit in in a pile of straw? Well, he does it because his animal is like a part of him. His horse is who he Uh is. Without his horse, he's nothing, you know?
0: And especially when you draw from history, like your, I guess your lower ranked nobles, quote unquote, that happen to be knights. They don't have the, they don't have the luxury of a giant fancy castle to lay in, especially when they, you know, especially when they're off questing or going part of a campaign. So it's just like, yeah. you may have yourself, your animal companion, and then maybe the guy fighting next to you. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's sweet. I do have one gripe about this lore. All right. Lay it on me. Wraith knights are piloted by twins. Uh damn it, I missed that detail. Yeah. Minor detail, minor gripe, but it could have definitely introduced a huge storytelling ability. Uh like maybe it'd just be a simple change of like instead of holding the soul stone, uh he he's pointing the gun at the twin pilot, you know. So I guess
0: maybe i misread it is i thought is the twin pilot supposed to be dead and integrated into the wraith knight or is it actual an actual living twin because maybe i maybe i mm.
1: misread something when i was trying to research the wraith knight
0: aspect yeah. of things
1: to be honest i haven't read anything in a long time about them that's just going off you know my my large backlog of knowledge uh so i don't know maybe it is possible that yeah that spirit stone is the dead twin in which case it'd be super easy then to just say you know just leave my twin alone as he's holding the soul stone or, or whatever it is such a minor gripe this one but mm-hmm. it is a gripe of mine
0: okay hey, that's understandable so i can definitely i can definitely fix that yeah and, but uh, at the also same time like, one, two...
1: these aren't main oh, characters I, like i i feel like we're not going to see that knight or that eldar again so it doesn't really matter you know
0: <laughs> but definitely worth fixing because I'm a perfectionist like that but uh <laughs> I did want to give a shout out because I forgot to do that in the beginning but I do want to thank uh I'm trying to uh, trying to think here I want to thank Just Another Nerd My Eternal Hype Man Combative Storm uh, Con Ale and of course Rayway777 for all the feedback and making this remotely readable
1: yeah i can uh, imagine uh connell con whatever his name is uh he's written a bunch of the harlequin lore that have just been killer so i imagine he would have been a nice little tool to tap into he was a
0: huge help so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh i'm super hyped to see where this is going it's definitely inspired me to continue to write my house lore i have written some more like let's a canham article style about it and i've started a little bit of narration but just seeing how you've kind of done it and seeing some of these words and like you know plugging in and out and it was cool that he left his suit for a second and it kind of just gave me that idea and vibe of how this kind of flows a little better um so you've inspired a, a little boy over here Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> uh is there anything else you want to share about this little piece? Uh that's all I have,
0: and I can't wait to record part two and get finished with part three. And hopefully it'll be a nice nice little night story that's you know much needed.
1: Well it's already it already is turning out to be a nice little night story. So, you know, take that as, as you will.
0: Excellent. I wrote this just for you, Mark. Yes, yeah. yes. My man.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, uh, if you guys have lore that you would like to read or submit or have me read or whatever, you can submit it to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com or you could hop on the discord and shoot me a message and uh, we'll, we'll do whatever we need to do. And if you want to support the show, go to Patreon, Lorehammer Listener Lore, throw me a dollar. Uh, I'll feed my pets with that dollar or I will feed my wife with that dollar. One of the two.
0: Hopefully not the dollar itself.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm not the boss of them. Whatever they want to do with that dollar, that's on them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you all in the next episode.
0: Have a good one.
1: Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
0: But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun...